glad and thankful for that. Amen. It's good to have everyone here. Amen. I'm glad you're with us today. Amen. Let's enter in and just give Him praise and glory. Why don't we do that? Amen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. If you're joining by way of the internet, we invite you to just create an atmosphere. The Holy Spirit would be welcome to, to touch you as well. Amen. Let's sing together the power of His love. Amen. Lord, I come to You. Let my heart be changed and renewed, oh, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see. Power of your love. Oh, oh, 
song together i found the way that leads to endless day amen are you glad you found this way amen it's a good life amen 
in this low and sinful state, then we'll enter heaven's portals, sweeping through the pearly gate, and soon we'll see the light of morning, then the new day will begin. my child and enter in, and then we'll hear the choir of angels singing out the victory song, and all our troubles will be ended, and we'll live with heaven's throng, well, now just a little while to stay. Just a little while to wait, friend. It's just a little while to labor in the path that's always straight. And just a little more of trouble in this low and sinful state. Then we'll enter heaven. Sweeping through the pearly gate Soon we'll meet again our loved ones And we'll take them by the hand Soon we'll press them to our bosom Over in the promised land Then we'll be at home forever Throughout all eternity What a blessed, blessed morning That eternal morn will be Oh, now just a little while to stay Just a little while to It's always straight And just a little more of trouble In this low and sinful state It's portals all sweeping through the pearly gates Amen. Let's continue giving Him praise now. Hallelujah. When we all get to heaven, maybe we could sing that one. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place. Oh, when we all get to That will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. And while we walk the pilgrim pathway, I will 
before the Lord. Let's sing this song just before we do. He paid a debt. Amen. QC. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sin away and now I sing a brand new song amazing grace all day long Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay and he at Calvary He cleansed my soul and set me free Oh, I'm glad that Jesus He did all my sins erase And now I sing a brand new song Oh, amazing grace 
of that we can approach him amen and we can bring our needs to him amen we're going to do that at this time and i'm going to ask brother jeremy clayville if you would take these needs to the lord for us amen i have a few special needs here before me um we want to remember brother reagan's assembly amen also we want to remember his daughter in prayer situation she's dealing with she needs a healing touch from the Lord amen we want to remember her in prayer and the assembly there at his church I want to remember uh, some folks that are not with us today I don't see the Paschal family here so let's remember them I want to remember brother Keith he's working today I think he's in Florida so keep him in your prayers Stephen and Sister Sarah are not with us as well. They're in Virginia, so let's remember them. Sister Christy Williams was not able to make it today, if you'd remember her in prayer. I uh, want to remember Brother Ron Spencer in prayer. Amen. God has done a mighty work for him, and we're going to continue to hold him up in prayer. Amen. God give him complete deliverance Amen. from that issue. Remember Sister Sarah Basaki in prayer. Uh, the Belton family also was not able to make it today. And the Whitlocks, amen, so if you'd keep them in prayer. I also have a prayer request. Uh, this is from my wife, some folks she works for. Um, they're in their 90s. And um, Mr. Russell is his name. He's having to have surgery on Friday. So if you could be praying for him in that need, amen. That's all I have at this time. Do you have unspoken prayer requests? Amen. By uplifted hands. God knows your need, and we're going to pray with you, friends. Hold that on your heart. Amen. Come now, Brother Jeremy. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come humbly before you with thankfulness in our heart, Lord. Father, I'm thankful above all, Lord, for the price that you paid at Calvary. Lord, you give us salvation. Lord, you give us healing, deliverance. Lord, you've provided all that we need and will need, Lord. I'm thankful for that. Lord, these many requests, I lay my hands on them, Father. And we give them to you, Lord. It sounds like a lot, Lord, but I'm thankful that you're not overwhelmed, Lord, by 
our neediness, Lord, we depend on you. Father, I ask that you would be with those that are sick, Lord, and maybe downtrodden in their spirit, Lord. I just pray that you would lift them up, Father. Remind them of your promise, Lord, your promise of healing, Lord, your promise of joy. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would be with those that can't be here, that wish that they were, that are away traveling. I pray that you keep them safe, Lord. Father God, we give this time to you, Lord, and ask that you would come, that we can worship you, Lord. We pray that, Lord, the songs that we sing would be pleasing to you, Lord. Father, I ask that you would just use the song leader and the musicians. Father, lead them, I pray, to bring us into that channel of worship where you are, Lord. Lord, we thank you just again for this opportunity to come, to gather together. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you would use the minister this morning. Lord, guide his thoughts. Lord, you know what we have need of, these needs that have been spoken. Lord, you even see the needs on our hearts, Lord. And those that are reaching out, Lord, maybe even uh, online, I pray, God, that you would minister to each one, Lord. We're depending on you, Lord. We love you. And we give this time wholly to you, Father, and ask that you be glorified in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that song together. As the deer panteth over the water. As the deer panteth Oh, my. 
song together real sincere in the presence of Jehovah in the Can interfere 
we lift our voices to you today in thanksgiving and in worship, Lord, in spirit and in truth. Have your way among us, Lord, I pray. Father, as you have already done, we pray that you would breathe upon this service, fill our cups, Lord, and minister to every heart. Lord, we believe that you're still a healer today. You're still a savior. You're still a deliverer, Lord, and whatever we have need of, we know that we can turn to you. Father, you care about us and you extend yourself to us. Move among us, I pray, today in a special and a personal way. And Father, we'll give you thanks and praise. As we approach the sacred word, we ask forgiveness, Lord, and pray that our hands and our hearts would be clean today. Lord, just speak to us, I pray, through the volume of the book. Lord, make your word real. Build our faith, I pray. And we'll give you the day. We'll give you our worship. We'll give you our hearts and minds. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. God bless you. We'll let our musicians take your places. And may the Lord richly bless you today. 
Uh, let's go right to a couple of announcements here because we've got a couple of things that we want to do. And first of all, today is a very special day. It is Brother Ron Knobloch's birthday. Brother Ron, God bless you. How old are you, Brother Ron? 54. Wow, that's wonderful. Why don't you come on up here? We're going to start a new pattern now. Not really. Brother Ron has something that he wanted to share on behalf of him and his wife today. And Brother Ron, we'd like you to just go ahead and take the center stage here and tell us what happened this week to you and your wife. Well, it started many years ago and started here in the, in the church. And we took the uh, Dave Ramsey um, financial piece. piece and did the function. So last Friday, this past Friday, my wife and I, we paid off the last uh, mortgage uh, loan so we are debt free. Amen. <laughs> and uh, so we're talking three or four years? At least. Yeah. Uh, four, th- four or five, maybe. Yeah. We, when Brother Peter did the, uh, did the course. Uh, course there. Yeah. So we were, uh, we just plugged along and it, you know, ups and downs, but. Basically, you got, you know, you got to work together and meetings, you know, or budget meetings, which, you know, being the man, you know, so, so, but she, we need a meeting, we need a meeting, you know, so that, that's very, very important, so <laughs> to come together and work together. and Once a month? Every week, every Friday week. Whoa. Um, we, yeah, so, yeah, she's, we just did it, did it. <laughs> and and so, uh, did people think you were crazy? Uh, no, they were pretty uh, happy for us. Pretty you know. supportive. Yeah, they were like really. Then they were like, "Well, now you can do this and that." We're like, "No, we're." No, we're I mean doing. during the process. Oh, during the process. Yeah, when you um, were telling people about what you're doing. Um, no, they were they were still supportive. supportive. We, Tina, uh, the last when she made paid the, the called the bank and talked to the, uh, she really was promoting Dave Ramsey to help and even educate the the bankers. The, People that took the because they never heard or that's a ministry. Yeah, she was really. She says write it. She would say write it down, and he would code talk, and she would say, "Did you write his name down?" Because you know, just to keep you know, to tell his write write his name down. So we were just. It's still surreal. We it just uh, doesn't seem. (laughs) But it feels good though. It feels awesome to uh, have that, and the Lord uh, was able even during these. Trying times where people are not working much, we were able to still uh, put whatever we put everything, whatever we made, we put it on those bills and, and finally got them knocked down. So. so if Brother Ron could do it? Yes, if I could do it, yeah, definitely everybody can do it. Amen. It just takes time. Do you want to come up and scream, we're dead free? No, no, it's okay. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Ron. God bless you. Appreciate that very much. That's a real milestone and a, a real accomplishment, and I appreciate that, and we're proud of you, and may the Lord richly bless you both. Uh, we were talking about, you know, just having the freedom to give and to be able to bless others and, uh, you know, to bless your family tree and all of that. You know, it's not an easy thing, for sure, but uh, with God, all things are possible, and so we, we appreciate that testimony. Uh, so happy birthday. That's quite a birthday uh, announcement. August 26th is Brother David's uh, birthday. He is uh, working today. And 27th is Sister Emma's birthday. 
Sister Emma, wouldn't you come up? No, okay. That's why Sister Ashley Buchanan's not here, but it's her birthday as well, and uh, not really. But uh, we wish you both a happy birthday on the 27th, and then the 29th is Sister Lorian's birthday. And may the Lord bless them. Um, I wanted to mention also Brother Aaron and Sister Trish, who uh, are not with us today. Uh, she is now three months pregnant, and uh, she wasn't feeling good last night, woke up and wasn't feeling real good, so uh, they decided just to stay home today and, and uh, re- let her rest, uh, but he wanted to uh, let, us, let me know to let you know that, and uh, we're excited for them, and appreciate them being a part of the assembly, and uh, they are thankful for the fact that they are able to, to stream, but he said, we are Africans. He said, we don't like to stream, like to be in church. And so they're, they're, uh, when they, whenever they can get here, they sure like to be here. Uh, we also, too, want to mention uh, that we have, you know, we often have people from California who stream uh, live from us and people on the West Coast who listen to church before they go to church. And uh, the fires in California, which have already claimed five lives and uh, you know, multiple millions of dollars of damage and quite widespread in California. We just want you to know that we're thinking about you today and praying for you. That's a devastating thing for sure. And uh, just wanted to reach out to them and to all those that are listening today. We have many people who stream and listen uh, online here. Uh, wanted to give you a couple of ch- uh, uh, pictures here from, and this is from uh, the missionaries who go out uh, from uh, the Arusha Church, and Brother Elias uh, coordinates a lot of this work uh, that goes on. And this is, uh, to me, one of the one of the most uh, wonderful blessings to see this happen because it just it just goes on every every week, uh, month after month. They um, they use the funds that we send them. There are two other churches that contribute to this amount that goes monthly to this group, and it goes into their missionary fund or missionaries take that and they use it usually for bus fare or for gas for the motorcycles and they travel out into remote areas and uh, this is a report that brother Elias sent out I showed you this picture I think on Wednesday night this is the Duru church there and uh, this is a pretty remote area these are all actually pretty remote areas and uh, this is a some of these are new groups and some of them are just little places over there uh, in Dumbeda, and this is like the central part of Tanzania, the Duru Church in Manyara. And Manyara is uh, the area where the Maasai people live, and this is where they've had recently had the revival. And uh, this is a, a group that's been established for a while. Now, uh, Brother Eli Bariki is in here. Yeah, right in the center of this picture here. Um, in the back here, this is Brother Eli Bariki right here. In the back, and he was the one who was the former Maasai uh, national, and uh, he's been doing a great work in that area, travels in that area. You can see these are pretty small churches. There's only two men uh, in this church. This is Brother Malachi and Brother Elibariki. They're from uh, Russia, and there's only two, two other uh, men who were there. One little guy behind that uh, sister there, and this brother here. And so they really rely on ministers who come. They don't have a lot of people who pass through that area. You go through there on purpose. You don't go through there by accident. Uh, that's for sure. This is not on the interstate. In the Saki Church, uh, this is uh, another little group in that area, Mapanta uh, Church. It's quite small, 
and you can see the compound that they have around them in the back there. Uh, Mialo Church, and this is uh, two boys that were being baptized here. Uh, this is Brother Eli Bariki here, over here on this side, and then these two boys were baptized uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, that's just a little group that's over there. And then the uh, Shalui Church uh, in the uh, central area as well, and then in Magungu. And uh, this is uh, Sister um, Sister John, what's her name? Um, oh, I'll think of it. I'll think of it when it's too late. Uh, but this is the church that, uh, with the great testimony, and this is our sister here who met, came to Arusha when we were supposed to be there, and, and uh, met Brother John. And uh, this is uh, the Magungu group there, and uh, they were just, they were just all excited. They're bringing Bibles and, and books and things out to them, and uh, they're just uh, very thankful. So they, they wanted to send word to us today that uh, they're very thankful for all the provision and for all these finished churches that you're looking at and for uh, the supplies and the ministers that come there. Uh, they really, really appreciate the supplies. They appreciate the churches. But I will tell you that they really do appreciate the ministry that goes there and ministers the word because sometimes it's only like once a month maybe when they get there, and it's a, it's a big deal. Um, we had just received, I just received word this morning from Brother Soriano in the Philippines that he finally he had, he had a team of translators who were together. They were hit very hard with the virus over there in that part of the world in, in Manila and in his church. There was a couple of people who passed away. And uh, they, uh, we, we sent a little help, a little offering over there and uh, helped them out. But they've been translating. And he wrote me this morning and said, today, he said, we finished the final translation. And he said, it's being uh, sent to you now. And uh, from there, uh, we're able to go ahead and print. There's, there's hundreds and hundreds of churches that are in the Philippines. And uh, so we're going to do one big shipment because in, in order to ship into the Philippines, you have to have a special license that allows you to do that from China to the Philippines. Uh, and it's all about taxes and, you know, everybody getting a cut. But they will give you one exemption. They'll give you a one-time uh, shipping uh, exemption so that you can make one shipment into there and you don't have to become a licensed uh, uh, exporter or importer into the country. So we're going to make it worthwhile. We're going to print a whole bunch of books. And uh, now that we have it, we're going to uh, let the printers have at it and we're going to do what we can to raise funds to uh, get them the books there because they have not had the Church Age book for years and years. They had a very old version, and they have not had it for years. So they completely started from scratch, and they retranslated the whole thing. Now it's done, and so we're thankful that we're able to get that uh, into their hands. So you may not think that's exciting. I do. I just think that that's great, and uh, I, I just uh, love that uh, Love that opportunity to be able to minister to those folks, and I will tell you that um, you know for them to have their own books, it's just really great. Good to have the drums with us today. May God bless you. We have missed you, and we uh, appreciate you being here today. Good to have Sister Rachel back. Good to have Brother Joel with us today. It's really good to have the males uh, with us today. Again, may God bless you, and good to have Levine. Good to have you with us here. Uh, Good to have you here. And uh, Hayden, good to have you with us here today. You're welcome. 
Let's stand to our feet and let's look in the Word of God. I have a very, I had just had this very strong uh, expectation in my heart this morning about the service today and about our gathering. So I want you just from this moment, I want you to enter in and uh, let's just do what, uh, do what we can and that is get ourselves out of the way and uh, continue in the spirit of worship so that we can uh, allow the Holy Spirit to come and speak to our hearts and deal with us today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we'd like to read from there. And uh, this is a familiar uh, topic, a familiar thought, but we want to deal with it uh, in a way that the Lord has dealt with me about it. And this has just really been heavy on, on my heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Before we read again, let's speak to him. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful again, Lord, that we have this opportunity to be able to uh, open the book and to read the words. But, Lord, it takes you, the author, to quicken it to our hearts. And so we're inviting you to do that today. Bring every spirit under your control. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the bride said, Behold, I show you a mystery. Verse 51, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. May the Lord add his blessing. You may be seated. Speaking about the subject of the rapture is no... It's no, uh, nothing new to us. It's something we talk about because it's the finale. It's the climax, if you like. It's the end of the road. And it's a very important thing for us then to be uh, acutely aware of um, this, the description of this event biblically, but also to know in our hearts that God has brought us to this place and is preparing us for this time when we shall leave here. So it's very important. And you've got to be in tune with what God is doing in order to get out of here. And I'll, sh- I'll prove that to you in a moment. But as you uh, naturally, our inclination today is when somebody tells you about something, you're going to go uh, gather whatever information you can about it. You're going to Google it. You're going to ask people about it. You're going to seek authorities about something. Uh, when you get a certain pain or a unique pain, immediately we seek our uh, we seek our authorities and we, uh, we try to diagnose ourselves. Uh, when we have, uh, hear new things, we also analyze uh, things and we like to find out information. It's a dangerous thing for you to go find out online about the rapture. I will tell you right up front. Uh, I would advise you not to do it, and I'll tell you why. Uh, these are some of the things that you'll find there. And all I did was look at the book section. Uh, this first one here is called The Date of the Rapture, How and When the World Ends, Volume 3. Uh, on the bottom, it says Volume 3. I'm not really sure how long it takes to say March 5th or whatever else. Anyway, that's one of the books that's out there. Uh, the second one here is called Don't Miss the Rapture. What would you do if you missed the rapture? I know the answer to that question. Uh, you didn't need to write a book uh, to, to answer that question. That is very simple. You would be in the tribulation. That's the answer to that one. Now, this one over here on the left I thought was interesting because uh, this is an advertisement for a website, and this website is actually legitimate, that if you wind up being gone, if you are translated, there will automatically be triggered 62 emails to the people of your choice telling them where you're gone and what they now need to do. Now, the reason, the reason that this happens is that they know, you're not, uh, they know you're not here because you're not checking your email after so many days. 
You're not checking your, your, uh, your website after so many days. So if you, because <laughs> nobody doesn't check their online stuff, right? They know that. The only way you're going to not check things is to be raptured or to be dead, one or the other. So if you're not around, you don't show up online for so many days, and I think it's 10 days, there's automatically triggered to the people of your choice. So you have to enter in uh, email addresses or contacts, and, and then automatically uh, you'll have information go out to them and talk about the rapture and everything else. Uh, a little bit too late, but nonetheless, that is a service that you can sign up for. It is legitimate. I mean, you can actually do that. It's just like the people that will come and take care of your pets after you're gone, too. Uh, that's, that's still available. The other book I thought was interesting was 2012 Doomsday. Uh, sales are not so good for this book, uh, for sure. This is an interesting one. It's called A Rapture Exposed, and this was done by a scholarly person and uh, the, the, uh, the idea is, is interesting here. And uh, let me read you a little portion of it. The idea of this book called The Rapture Exposed is the return of Christ to rescue and deliver Christians off the earth. That's the idea of the rapture. It is an extremely popular interpretation of the Bible's book of Revelation and a jumping-off point for the best-selling series Left Behind by Tim LaHaye. And that's the general statement that she makes. This interpretation is based on a psychology of fear and destruction, and it guides the daily acts of thousands, if not millions of people worldwide. In the rapture exposed in this particular book, Rossing argues that this script for the world's future is nothing more than a disingenuous distortion of the Bible. The truth, she argues, is that the revelation, but the book of Revelation offers a vision of God's healing love for the world. So this is a scholarly book that absolutely takes the other side and says it's not going to happen that people are going to leave, but rather uh, God's going to come and heal the earth. God's going to come and straighten everybody out, and everybody's going to love everyone. Now that leans towards a very Catholic uh, perspective, but this is just an example of some of the ideas that are out there. I thought this one was interesting, how to profit from the coming rapture, getting ahead when you're left behind. <laughs> I, I, we're, so we're going to start a 10-week course. Brother Ron's going to take that one. The investment guide, the Antichrist doesn't want you to read. That's what this says. This, it's the, the investment guide that the Antichrist doesn't want you to read. Wow. I mean, it would make you curious, wouldn't it? The other one is not afraid of the Antichrist, why we don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. There's all, I mean, there's, there's, just, there's just a plethora of, of material out there. Don't go. Don't go look at it. Don't order any of those books. I've ordered them all. Uh, I'm not serious. But don't order any of them because it just winds up being confusing. And so don't order any of those or don't, don't go searching. It's really not worth it. I'm just letting you know that when it comes to such an important thing, there's all kinds of smoke screens out there. There's all kinds of, you know, contrasting ideas out there. And there's a lot of confusion out there about what really is going on and what's really going to happen. Aren't you glad we've had a prophet in the last day? And we, we've got, a, we've got a, a sure word, a, you know, a biblic, the biblical prophecies that talk about our time. Let's look at a little bit of this this morning, and I want to introduce just an idea to you. Now, in the sermon called The Rapture, and I've been going through this very carefully here and uh, just reading down through it again. I, I love to read it. It's one of the, uh, one of the uh, classic sermons that we have and, uh, from Brother Branham. And in it, Brother Branham says in paragraph 128, the word rapture in the Bible is not even used at all. 
Uh, we just put that word there. The Bible says being caught up. So the, the concept is there. The principle is there. That word rapture is not there, but the, the concept is there. In 1 Thessalonians, it is the order of this great rapture that will take place in the last day. And I want you to notice a great thing taking place now before the Lord appears. There's a shout and a voice and a trumpet. So those are three things. So Brother Branham, in this uh, series, in this sermon here, as well as many other places, but this is one of those examples where he teaches on something through the, through the years of his ministry, but then the Lord crystallizes it, brings it together into a real cohesive sermon and allows us to have the details of what actually is going to take place uh, in the order of this great rapture. Obviously, if God's going to do it, it's not going to be confusing. It's not going to be uh, gray. It's going to be clear. And, and so we are thankful for that. And he lays out the order of this rapture. He talks about raptures in the Old Testament. He talks about raptures in the New. And uh, it, it's laid out there. And he ties back certain scriptures uh, that are very familiar to us. And we've mentioned many times in Psalm uh, 27, for instance, when David said, uh, you know, in the time of trouble, he'll hide me in his pavilion. I went back and I did a little study on some of the early writers, uh, Pink and uh, Wesley, different ones uh, from Calvin, you know, from uh, uh, previous ages, the reformers, uh, the writers and the commentators on the scripture, Matthew Henry. And uh, I, I wanted to find out Based on these scriptures, like in Psalm 27, did any of them have any insight whatsoever into what that scripture really refers to? And none of them did. None of them ever mentioned anything about the rapture or the last day. They never made that connection. And here's Brother Random comes along and he reaches back into the Old Testament and takes that psalm and he brings it up and ties it together with our time and lets us know that this is the background for this great event called the rapture. And then he also uh, takes the scriptures then that we're familiar with, like 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and he gives us, uh, you know, the, uh, he gives us a commentary on this and other places which we've read, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them uh, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So there obviously will be people who will be alive who will never see death, but they will walk off the earth and be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. There will be people also who have gone before us, who go by way of the grave and wait for us in a dimension until we are gathered with them and then we all go to meet the Lord together in the air. And we believe that every one of them will be included. But remember now, the timing of this great event here is that it takes place in the, uh, in, the in the trump of, uh, in, in this order of the rapture, as Brother Ram talks about, the shout, the voice, and the trump of God. And the scripture describes the shout, the voice, and trump of God. I got so much on my plate here, my, my mouth is running faster than my mind. Let me just, uh, very quickly, the shout is the message that God's given to us in this last day, right? Everybody okay with that? The voice is the voice of the resurrection. It is that same voice which brought Lazarus from the grave. The trump is that which gathers God's people. Now let's look at the significance of the trump for a moment here. In the Feast of the Trumpets in 1964, the trumpets is a call together for either a feast or a war or a person or some sacred day, the year of Jubilee, announcing the coming of freedom, 
what it means is a gathering together of the people. So whatever the event in the Old Testament, uh, and basically in older cultures, a trumpet was the kind of an instrument that uh, its sound was above the sound of most other instruments. And so it was used on the battlefield, for instance. It was used in great gatherings of people. Whenever there were uh, kings approaching or whenever there was monarchs. I remember when I went to see the Pope in Rome, uh, they announced his arrival into the building with trumpets. They had big, long silver trumpets that they used. And it's a sound that when it's, when it's, uh, when it's blown, uh, it, it uh, absolutely silences everything else. It, it, it rides above everything else. But it means, biblically, it means that when a trumpet is blown, it is a sound uh, that indicates a gathering. And when the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who can prepare themselves for war <clears throat> or for peace or for whatever it is? You have to know what the trumpet sounds... When the trumpet sounds, we see something in the earth today. So for, for anyone who's under the sound of a trumpet, it would mean nothing unless you know what that sound actually means. What does that trumpet blast indicate? If they blow it three times, what does that mean? If they blow it once, what does that mean? If they have a long blow, what does that mean? Brother Branham says you have to know what the trumpet sounds... When the trumpet sounds, we see something in the earth today. There's a great trouble. We know that there's something wrong. What if, with all of the trouble that's been going on, God's been blowing a trumpet for us and trying to get our attention so that we would be in the right place or assemble in the right place and gather, because that's what a trumpet does. It's meant to gather people together. What if God's actually been sounding a trumpet, but people have not known what the meaning of the trumpet sound is? Wouldn't that be a tragedy? And that would be a classic tragedy if, if there was imminent danger coming, if there was imminent catastrophe, and, and God was allowing the trumpet to sound, but no one knew what it meant, so everybody went about their business and said, it'll be all right. And they were flat wrong. Just what if? I, I'm, I'm just throwing that out here for you. Now, you can look at this in the Bible, but for time's sake, I've got uh, Numbers chapter 10 on here, and this is where Moses describes in detail what a trumpet is to be used for. And he goes down very carefully here, and I want you to take note of this because it'll, we'll, we'll come back to this uh, throughout the morning here. But in Numbers chapter 10, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt make two trumpets of silver. Of whole peace thou shalt make it, and thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly, number one, and for the journeying of the camp. So those are the first two purposes that God used a trumpet for. So when we want to gather together, or when we want to get ready to go, uh, this, is what, uh, this is what we're going to do. And when they blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to, uh, to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So at the beginning of church, right? That's where they met for church, was at the door of the congregation. And if they blow with one trumpet, then the princes, which are the heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather them, themselves unto thee. So if there's one trumpet sound. When you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. That's important to know. When you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. When the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. There's a difference in the sounds. Are we okay? 
And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets. Now, it would be a tragedy if you didn't know what those different sounds were. Because, my goodness, let's just say that you were being attacked on the east side of the camp, and somebody got up and blew the trumpet, but you thought that was a gathering of, of all the lieutenants, and so you came along, and all you had was your tablet or your iPhone, and you didn't bring your sword. What a terrible tragedy that would be, right? So you needed to know what sound this was, because if we were under attack, we need to gird ourselves correctly, we need to arm ourselves correctly, and we need to gather together in the right place. Or, let's just say that if the enemy was attacking, and you thought this was a call to church, and my goodness, they're blowing your trumpet because I'm late again, and, uh, you know, I need to hurry up and get to church. And you got to church, and you found out it was on fire because the enemy had burned it down. I mean, I'm, I'm... Let's go on. <clears throat> and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. Also in the day of your gladness, and in your solemn days, and in the beginnings of your months, ye shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God, for I am the Lord your God. So trumpets were associated with gatherings of uh, people for worship. The trumpets were associated with the year of Jubilee. Trumpets were associated with the offering of sacrifices. Trumpets were associated with, uh, with uh, you know, attacks by the enemy, by the departure of the camp from where we are going to some other place. There was a meaning in every trumpet sound. So therefore, let me ask again. If we're living in the last day and there is something imminent happening, something imminent going to take place, and God actually sounded the trumpet, but we never knew what that meant. Wouldn't it be a tragedy for people to misinterpret the sound of what's going on and conclude incorrectly and be found in the wrong place? I mean, that would be a terrible thing, right? Brother Branham says that God cannot give an uncertain sound. Creeds can give an uncertain sound. Denominations can preach an uncertain sound, but God cannot utter an uncertain sound. And this word is God, and it's not no uncertainty about it. It's every bit certain. God's word is every bit certain. So you have to believe this, that God cannot give an uncertain sound. We find then Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he, he reaches back. In his teaching about the gifts and the order in the church and trying to establish things in Corinth there, he reaches back to this same principle, to this same idea, that God is just not an author of noise. God is not an author of confusion. God is not one who just makes noise just to draw attention to himself. That's not the idea. But every trumpet gives a certain sound. And Paul uses the idea, again, if an trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? But God does not give uncertain sounds. And so everything that God utters is significant and worth paying attention to. Now, 1965, here's Brother Branham, and he says, A born-again Christian from heaven is a part of this word, and another mama he will not follow. He's referring to the mother eagle that knew she laid two eggs. There was only one that was left in the nest. One was taken by the farmer and brought down to the barnyard, and she knew there was another one and went searching for it. And it was the voice of that mother eagle that quickened that uh, little eaglet down there in the barnyard to come to her realization of her true identity. Everybody okay? 
All right, another mama he will not follow. He's a part of the word, stay with the word, and if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who can prepare himself for battle? He knows the sound of the word. That is, the predestinated hand of God following them through. Do you hear that? He, he, hears a, he knows the sound of the word. <clears throat> in other words, God puts something in that, in that little eaglet, by example. God puts something in that eaglet to recognize another eagle. And it's just by nature that she figured out who this was. And by knowing who that was, then she figured out who, who she actually was. He knew the sound of that. And that was predestinated. That, that was the, the, the nature of that bird. In the same way that we have been predestinated in this last day to pick up the voice of God. And by nature know somehow that is Father God calling to us. And when we figure that out, instantly we figure out who we are. And if that's the case, then we know what we're supposed to do. We know what we're supposed to be. We know what we're supposed to sound like. We know what we're supposed to, to act like. And the predestinate of God, hand of God, is following them through. Let me tell you something. It's not because you found God. It's not because you found the right place. It's not because you figured it out mentally. But it's because the predestinated hand of God has been following you and eventually came to the place where made, it made the right sound and quickened you to the realization of who you really are. You say, well, I, I've been in the message church all my life. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people been in the message church all their life and never hear the voice of God. But there are some that are predestinated to hear the voice of God. And when they hear it, something happens. You can't help but react to the voice of God if you're a child of God, even if you're out there living in sin and in the squalor of the world. You can't help but react to that because you're actually predestinated for that. And God follows you all your life in order for that to happen. And he's the one that makes it possible. Thank God for that. Everybody should say thank God for the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. He knows that the Spirit of God cannot deny the Word of God, so therefore a stranger he will not follow. You can do it for a season in your sinfulness and in your denial. But let me tell you, when you come in contact with the true and living God and you have an encounter with Him, there's no stopping a predestinated seed of Almighty God. They're going to follow. They're going to be baptized. They're going to walk in faith. They're going to walk in newness of life. And that's what, uh, that's what a predestinated son is wired to do. Now, Jesus went out, and uh, this is in Matthew chapter 24, when the disciples asked Him, uh, about the end time, and uh, he begins to expound on this. And we've used Matthew 24, Luke 17, Luke 21, Mark 13 many times. Uh, these scriptures are all pertinent, they're all relevant, and uh, they're all significant for our time. So they're worth knowing and they're worth reading. They're familiar because they should be for us who live in the last day. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. They wanted him to orient them. The Word of God orients us to where we are in the timeline, right? God's got a timeline, and we love to be oriented on timelines. I, I'm one of those people, I like, if, I, if I ever go into a mall, I like to go into the you know, directory and look for that red dot that says, you are here. When I know where I am, then everything else makes sense. I need to know there, then where the next exit is so I can get out. I need to know if they have a Starbucks here. I need to know if they have, you know, this certain ones that I, uh, that I uh, look, am looking for. I can eliminate the women's shoes section, right? That's a big section on the directory. Or women's clothes. I can eliminate that. Not interested in that. And uh, my, my view on the directory is very small, very limited. I'm only interested in a couple of stores uh, that I would uh, actually go into. But nonetheless, none of it means anything unless you know you are here, right? That red dot is important. 
Brother Branham came along. Prophets do this. And the Holy Spirit has done this through the ages and let us know you are here. He's given us the red dot. He's given us the pointer that lets us know exactly where in the timeline. The disciples are starting this whole process and asking Jesus, all right, what's the process here? What's going to happen? And, uh, you know, when shall these things be and all the rest of it? And, and Jesus begins to describe to them all the events that are going to take place through the ages. Now, we, we've, got, we've gone through this. We've talked about this scripture here. What matters to us now today, and I want to skip 1,900 years and come to our day, what matters to us is the day we find ourselves in and the sound of the trumpet that's blown and us interpreting that correctly. Now, in the sudden secret going away of the church in 1958, Brother Branham said, God has said in his word that it would be like a thief in the night coming. This last day's event, the catching away of God's people, would be like a thief in the night coming. Now, the thing about a thief in the night is that it's really not meant to be obvious. A thief doesn't arrive and say, hello, I'm here. He slips in and slips out. The idea is for him to be out before you know he's there. If that would be so, people would say, as the world thinks today, oh, well, there's plenty of time. It'll be well announced. If such an important and a critical event is going to take place, it'll be well announced. The problem is we're used to a lot of announcements, right? When something happens in Washington or something happens, you know, wherever, it's announced everywhere. Your phones all light up, right? When, when, when something goes on today, everybody knows everywhere all the time, and we buzz all. I mean, I think it's great that we don't have our church's phones on in church. I, I think it is. Shame on you if you have your phone on in church here. I think some of the deacons might have it. They're allowed. But you're always, you're, you have my permission to go correct them if they're sitting there in their pew going <laughs> like this. A while ago, we actually had this discussion about whether we should have our phones or tablets on in church. And if you're following along in your Bible, you know, I mean, that's, uh, that's okay. But if you're, uh, you know, for the most part, it, 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 it represents a distraction. All I'm simply saying is this, is that we assume, we assume today that if something so major is happening, it's going to be well announced. I mean, there's going to be a real, um, you know, real obvious way that God's going to tell everybody about it. But look what Brother Branham says. But you see, it is announced. But it's a secret announcing. Figure that out. How do you announce something secretly? It's just those who are willing to hear, those who are willing to consider it, and those who love the Lord. So there's some conditions in here. Those who are willing to hear it, those who are willing to consider it, what if? What if God has actually sounded? What if God has actually made a trumpet sound in this last day? And the world has not even taken notice of it. Or it's just blended in with all the other noise and the cacophony of sounds that exist in our world today. And you know what? If something so major is going to happen, hey, God will get our attention. You know, there'll be another 9-11 or there'll be another whatever that's going to let us know. But you can see by the book covers that I put up here in the front of the service today that there is a real mishmash of ideas out there about something that even the Bible very clearly declares. Paul says, I'll show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. 
And it'll happen according to the scripture in First Thessalonians chapter four. There'll be a, a, a trump, or, sorry, a shout and a voice and the trump. Hey, you know what? A lot of that's already fulfilled. I have news for you. A lot of that's already fulfilled. We have the message. We have the shout. So it's not like this is going to begin someday and we need to be ready. It's well underway. And there are only a very small number of things left to happen before this thing actually concludes. So to sit there and think that, uh, you know, hey, it's going to be well announced. There will be plenty of time be well announced because God would not allow something like this to happen without giving kind of a global warning so everybody would know and be aware and be in tune and be where they need to be and get their lives right and uh, smarten up and, you know, get rid of all the junk in their life and be ready and say, okay, Lord, now's a good time. I have news for you. It's already sounded. We're well up that road. And so, therefore, what God's looking for, and this is what I read from this, it is announced, but it's a secret announcing, and it's just those who are willing to hear it, those who are willing to consider it, and who love the Lord. There has to be in people a willingness to consider what they're actually hearing. It's not just being in, having your carcass in the building here. I mean, that's a good thing. That's all right. And there's a blessing associated with coming around the people of God because the people of God are good. And you know what? The Lord said that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he would be in the midst. And whenever he comes around, good things always happen. So it's a good thing to hang around with good people like the bride of Christ. I mean, that's always a good thing. And you can, you can live a lousy, filthy life all week and come here in the church and sit with God's people and walk away feeling good. Because you're in a completely different atmosphere. Isn't that true? You can mess up and you can really, uh, you know, do things really in a, in a terrible way and come into church on Sunday morning and be in this atmosphere and, uh, you know, just be washed by the waves of faith that are here and, uh, you know, just enjoy the presence of God. And uh, let me tell you, there's, there's just something cleansing. There's something positive. There's something good about that. Even if the Lord is dealing with your heart, that's a good thing because it's a sign that God's actually interested in you. And, and I mean, those things are all positive things. But I will tell you something. It's not just being around it and it's not just observing it. It is a willingness to consider, could this be true? And if this is true, then Lord, what do I need to do now? And let me say this again. There are, there are some of you that are here that have been raised in this church and, uh, you know, been around a long time, heard lots of sermons, seen me, you know, put up lots and lots of things up here on the board. And I will tell you something. That's, that's also a good thing to have the truth that God provided for this hour in which is contained rapturing faith. What I'm putting up here on the board contains rapturing faith. Do you believe that? And it's good to see it, read it, follow along with me as I tell it all the time here. But let me tell you, it'll do you no good until you take it into your own heart and say, Lord, make that real to me. Quicken that to me. And make this something, Lord, that changes my life and prepares me for this imminent moment when we'll leave here. Because it's not just the the Pharisaic idea of coming to church and being around the church and, you know, being able to know that what was in the scrolls. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And here's a prophet in the last day saying the same thing, that it's those who are willing to hear it and those who are willing to consider it and those who love the Lord. I will tell you this, that if you've never heard this before, I think this is a great day for you to go somewhere uh, alone and, and just pour your heart out before God. If you're not right with God, pour your heart out before God and, and just say, Lord, I, I just... 
I know what you did for me on Calvary's cross, and I want to love you with all my heart. I don't want to have any other love in front, in between me and you. Whether it's a girl or a boy or a career or, or an attainment in life or anything else, I just want to have a love for you that surpasses anything else in this life. And Lord, I know that, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 this is not just feelings, but I, I want my life to be dominated by that. I want my life to be controlled by that. I want the Holy Spirit to take, take the absolute reins in my life and lead me and guide me and tell me where He wants me to go and show me what you want me to do. Tell me how you want me to live. Tell me how you want me to dress. Tell me what you want me to do with my money. Tell me what you want me to do in making things right with people and, you know, forgiving and being kind and, 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 and manifesting the fruits of the Spirit and all of that. Get alone with God and just find those places where you can pour your heart out before God. It'll make a difference, friends. I'll tell you, it'll, it'll make a difference rather than just coming here and trying to absorb this and stay awake for an hour and uh, then go find a good restaurant to eat at. There's more to this than just that. There is, this is a, to me, this is just a, a stopping point in the run of our week and in, 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 in the middle of our life where we uh, have a relationship with God. It, it's not about just coming to church and paying your tithes. It's about our relationship with God. It's about the fact that God's predestinated us for this hour. And He's given us certain signs and certain trumpet sounds and certain things that we can, uh, we can experience and enjoy that are real in our lives and change us and make us candidates for the kingdom of God. Is, am I making sense? It, it, here's Brother Manum telling us that, look, it's announced, but if it's a secret announcing, you better have something that, that interprets that secret or makes that secret known to you. Because if it's a, it, when God hides something, He really hides it. And He's really good at making sure nobody gets it. And that's just the way that God is. So you better have something inside of you predestinated that's going to help you understand the mystery of your day Otherwise, you're not going to recognize your day and things will pass by very quickly. There are things happening. I've told you a little bit about things that are taking place in Israel and China and, uh, you know, other things that are going on in Iran. I was just reading some more stuff this week and, uh, you know, just uh, some, of the, some of the backstory on things that doesn't make the headlines now because it's not really very exciting. Anything that has to do with a prophetic word is really not very exciting. It doesn't normally find its place on the front pages of our websites and newspapers. But I will tell you it's happening nonetheless. There are things that are going on and just because it may not be front and center doesn't mean that it's not happening. If the Bible says it's going to happen and a prophet says it's going to happen in the last day, it's happening somewhere, even if we may not be aware of it on a daily basis. That's why, that's why you have people like me who can help remind you of things that are going on and things that, that you know, we need to be aware of because they are important and they're significant. They're actually more significant because modern events are made clear by prophecy. The clarity, the understanding of things comes by prophecy, not by newscasters, right? Not by the media. And, and so therefore, it, there are things that are happening here, and all I'm saying to you is that you need to be willing to consider it. Is this true? Is this really happening? Is this what God has determined for the last day? And has He already said and done things that we need to be aware of? And am I reacting the right way? I want to be ready, and I want to be right. And I, I want to be prepared for the moment here. So it's for those that are willing to hear and those that are willing to consider uh, those and those who love the Lord. So I don't know, maybe you need to go home today after church and just, you know, by yourself and just think about this. A lot of people today don't want to be alone because there's so many things that we need to think about. There's so many things that, that uh, you know, are, are difficult for us to be alone with. 
I've had so many people tell me that. But it's a good thing for us to meditate and let, let the Holy Spirit deal with our hearts. It's not a bad thing for us to face some of those things that are churning and, and, and turning over uh, in our hearts and in our minds. Because it's a constant thing. And in our day, there are many, many more things pressing on your mind than there ever has been in any other age. Hey, I'm just speaking to you from my heart. I, I know what it's like when you, uh, you know, we, we busy ourselves to still the voices that uh, sometimes are speaking to us. And lo and behold, there are times when it actually is the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention. But we'll run from it. We'll stay busy and we'll stay occupied and we'll stay focused on other things. But there, there are times when you need to just stop and consider, hey, if this is really right, then do I need to make some changes? Do I need to make some adjustments in my life? And, and that's, what, that's what he's saying right here, that God has said in his word, it's going to come like a thief in the night. Well, don't expect a great big announcement. In the world, we're used to announcements, but don't expect that because that's not the way it's going to happen. It's going to be a secret announcing. So you've got to have ears to hear the right thing on the right day. Again, we find in the scripture, know yourselves perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. So Paul tells us there's an order of the rapture, the shout and the voice and the trump of God. And then in the next chapter, chapter 5, he describes what actually is going to take place. He says this day will come like a thief in the night. It'll happen. In other words, it'll sneak up upon us, and it'll probably be over before a lot of people realize it's actually happening. Verse 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You're all children of the light. I like what, uh, what uh, A.W. Pink said. He said, Salvation finds us in the dark, but it does not leave us there. He said, It always gives light to those who sit in the valley of the shadow of death. Salvation finds us in the dark, but never leaves us there. Thank God. And in this last day, Paul is telling us that ye are children of the light, and the children of the light shall overtake you, and it will be your guide through the darkest of times that we're living in. In the Angel of God, 1951, Brother Branham said, Our hearts are, are moved strangely as we see the nations rising against nations. And tonight the old star of David is waving again over Jerusalem, the fig tree putting forth its buds to see our own beloved nation like termites. Eat the foundation of it, men who are heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. This is 1951. And as we hear the Spirit speaking 2,000 years ago, to watch this day. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, watch this day. And living upon the reputation of our forefathers, when pride like termites eats the foundation of our great civilization... Seeing man modernizing things, leaving off the Holy Spirit, adopting reading, writing, arithmetic, science for the power of God. That's a true analysis of our, of our time that we live in. It's interesting, you know, he uses the phrase of the termites there. Because when you go to sell your house, they don't call for an ant inspection. They don't call for a bumblebee inspection. They call for a termite inspection because termites are the silent killers that are going to destroy your house, and you need to know if they're there. Let me tell you something. I remember one of my boys moved into a house, and uh, I went down to visit one time, and, and uh, <laughs> I had never seen so many ants in a straight line in all my life. 
And uh, it took a while, but we eventually got it and uh, got them out there. But let me tell you, none of that prevented the sale of the house. But the termites, that will stop the sale of a house. Isn't that right? You've got to act right then. And here's a prophet looking at America, and he's describing the fact that there are, uh, there are silent, deadly invaders that are there. And the only thing that can help in a situation like that is to get rid of them. You've got to get rid of them. You cannot talk to them. You cannot reason with them. You can't play around with them. You've got to get rid of them. And now we find out the effects in our nation here, what you're looking at today and what you're observing in all of the, all of the dealings today in our culture. You're looking at the effect of termites that have eroded or eaten away the very foundation of the thing that we have been built on. It's not a pleasant thing to watch. It's not anything that's going to be salvaged. It's going to go down. All right. When it comes to uh, the, the trees now, and, and I want to just mention here, because in Matthew 24, Jesus says, watch the fig tree. And we know that, uh, you know, as a symbol, we know that uh, the, the fig tree represents Israel. I want to just take a look at this very quickly here. There's a tree of life that's mentioned first in the Scriptures. Second is a tree of knowledge of good and evil. The third thing is Israel. And we find here in 1964, Brother Branham makes a comment. He said, this generation, in other words, the generation that saw the fig tree putting forth its buds, he said here, when this fig tree puts forth his buds, and his beginning is tender, put forth his, his branches, you say that in summer is nigh, and he's quoting the scripture down here, the fig tree is always Israel. You'll find in lots of scriptures, and we, without taking all the time here, that uh, Israel was always associated with uh, the fig tree, the olive tree, because those were trees were native uh, to the land of Israel. And so there's always a connection that was made there. In terms of the, the background now for, for this happening here, and one of the signs that Jesus gives to us is the situation in Israel and the fact that Israel's regathered back in her land. And if you don't take any other sign, there are many others, but if you don't take any other sign, the sign of Israel back in our land is a clear sign that God is actually doing something that he promised in the end time. Are we okay? But there are many other, there are many other things that, that are indicators to us that we're, we've arrived in that time. We've arrived in that, in that season where God is concluding things for the Gentiles. Now, as Brother Branham said, we've got a secret announcement, and we've got a secret catching away. So therefore, it's going to take more than observation with your eyes or uh, searching on Google to find out what it is that's really going on. You're going to have to have ears to hear what God is actually saying and God is actually sounding out in the day that we're living in. You have to have that. He promised... He promised to supply all of their needs. This is the message, my angel shall go before thee. In a general sense, our God is a provider. And he is one who is a supplier. He's gracious in giving and giving abundantly. We know that. In general terms, we know the scripture promises that we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And there's, there's provisions that are given to God's people because they are God's people. Uh, there's manna that fell from heaven. It was never even asked for, but God provided it for them. 
There was water from the rock. There was all kinds of things that God gave to his people just because they were his people and God's a benevolent God. We find that principle is still true, that God is still a healer. Hey, there are people who are unbelievers can walk in and claim the promise of healing and experience true healing just because God is a healer. And if people approach that right and tap into that resource, you know what? Uh, they, can, they can obtain results similar to what a believer would obtain, uh, attain to. And so this is, in a general sense, here's what Brother Branham's saying in verse 6, in paragraph 6, when sickness came into the camp, he had an atonement made. He promised to be the God in the time of trouble and ever-present help. And that's what he was, and that's what he is today. But I want to make an exception, that in the last day, there is a category of help. There's a category of support or supply that God gives that is not found in any other age. God never gave a message that contained rapturing faith to any other age but this last age. So it's more than just ordinary help. God is our never-present help in a time of trouble, right? But in this last day, God says, I'm going to pour it on. I have something in reserve, if you like, that I'm going to give the people of God. I'm going to supply in a special way that I've never supplied before. Because there's no other group. Enoch got it. Elijah got it. But there's no other group, really, that got a group message that if received and embraced and believed would actually change the whole lot of them and take them off the face of the earth. And this is going to come as a result of the opening of these seals and the opening of the word in the last day. This is what's going to come as a result of that. And I'm going to release that into the earth. And I'm going to announce secretly that this is actually the time we're living in. Here's what you need. Here's where we're going. Here's who's going. And God's going to announce all of that in the last day. And it'll be a special kind of provision that I'm giving to that last day's group. You don't look like you feel special. I think you do, but you don't look like you feel special. I, I, think, I think we're an extremely blessed people to have a, a message that has been uh, so reserved and so special for us that when embraced and believed in the right way, and I believe over time as it ripens and matures in our hearts, uh, it'll, it'll become strong enough to actually change your body and bring you, transport you into another kingdom. I believe that's going to. I believe that's going to happen. Look at what it says in the rapture message here in paragraph 74. I woke up this morning. I was reading this. The book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible. It's sealed to unbelievers. It's sealed to unbelievers. We realize it was altogether given for believers. And it opens the book of Revelation and reveals the author, and this entire book is, and reveals the complete mystery of himself and his plans and so forth. It's all there. And, and, and yet it's sealed to unbelievers. If it's sealed to unbelievers, then they cannot see what we see in the book of Revelation. Right? If the book is sealed to unbelievers, then unbelievers can't look into the book of Revelation and see what we see. We see, uh, we see Revelation uh, chapter 2 and 3 as the church ages, and that being we're at the end of that, and then we come into Revelation 4 and 5 and the opening of the seals. They don't see that. Are we okay? 
And then in, in uh, 5 and 6 and 7, we see the, uh, the, the description of what was in those seals. And, uh, you know, the, the opening of the book there and all the rest of it, the gathering of the 144,000. And then uh, in the Revelation chapter 10, we see all of that, how that, you know, the Lord would descend from heaven with a shout. And then to be a messenger that came in the last day, Revelation 10, 8, where John takes the book and eats the book. We see that. We read that. We recite that. We believe that. You're all nodding your head. Let me tell you, but that's sealed. To most people on the earth. We see where new heavens and new earth is described. We see the judgment being poured out on the earth. We see that this truly is the end time. When these things begin to open up and happen, then it represents the end of all things on the earth. And, and we know that as, as, as the world is today, as we look at it, it's winding up. It's ending. And God's going to renovate the whole thing. And there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And the people of God are going to walk out on the ashes of the wicked. And we're going to be there for the millennium. And then we're going to be there all through new heavens and new earth. For the rest of uh, eternity, we'll be there with Him forever. We see that. How many of you see that and believe that? It's sealed to a whole bunch of people. It's not obvious to a whole bunch of people. And that's why they have all these ideas, even about the rapture, the going to that place. They have all kinds of ideas because they don't see what you see. Why don't they see it? Because God sealed it to a whole bunch of people. If you can't see it, then you're not going to expect correctly. You're not going to be looking for the right thing. Again, the rapture message. It's the devil's civilization. People said so. The Bible said so. Our civilization coming on will have nothing to do with this civilization, to be a different civilization to this scientific one that we have. More scientific we get, the further we go into death and traps to kill and everything else. In that civilization, there'll be no death. Stop for a minute. Why, what's, he, what's he actually saying to me? And I thought about this this morning. We, we often quote the Lord's Prayer. When they came to Jesus and they asked him how to pray, he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? We as believers, we see, we relate to that kingdom. Because we have our eyes open to that kingdom and we see that there is truly a kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of God. And we look at that and we want to match whatever it is there. We want to match it here in our lives, right? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to, we want to match it. We want to see that. If that's the way God thinks, that's the way we want to think. If that's what God does, that's what we want to do. If there's no sickness in heaven, we want to pray for people to be healed here because, you know, there's a connection between the believer's life in this kingdom and, and that kingdom over there. Our focus is on that. Our tie is to that. Our umbilical cord is to that. Right? But if you don't see that, you're going to emulate the other kingdom. There's only two. So therefore, this world, in its blindness emulates or copies another kingdom, not the kingdom of God. And Brother Random's describing this one. He said it's full of, it's scientific and it's got traps to kill and everything else. Uh, you know, the, the hybridization of so many things and water and food and medicine and all the other things that are there. Uh, I mean, it's a tree of knowledge of good and evil, isn't it? We got a lot of, a lot of good things. I mean, you know, thank God for the air conditioning that we have, but we have all kinds of other things that are not really helping us in the long term. Are we okay? And, and so if we, we know that if we go on long enough in this world, we'd probably all die just because of death. There's death in the pot. 
And hey, listen, as hard as you try and as diligent as you are, uh, we're still living in bodies that are weakened more than they ever have been. Uh, you know, like the older generation, my, my father-in-law, I mean, listen, the, the stuff that uh, they endured and the people coming up through the Depression era and all of that, the stuff that they endured, they were, they were a tough lot. We are not as tough as, as some of those in that older generation. And, and I, I just, that's not a criticism. I'm just saying that, you know, that's more of a fact. But uh, I, other than that, let me just say this. That the people in this world, if, they, if, they're going to, if they're going to build a kingdom, they're going to build a kingdom based on what they see. And if, if that kingdom is not visible to them, they're not going to try to build that kingdom on this earth. They're going to build a kingdom they see. And the kingdom they see is projected to them by the God of this evil age through media and television and movies and all the other ways, the other ways that they see, the things that they feed on. The reason why we have church and have the order we have and have the, uh, you know, the, the teachings that we have and ha- hold the message so dear is because that's a reflection of something that's in another kingdom. The reason we practice holiness The reason that we dress like we do, the reason we conduct ourselves like we do, is because that's a reflection from another kingdom, not the kingdom of hell, but the kingdom of God. That's what we see. That's what we try to be more like all the time. Because there is an invisible connection between us and the spirit that's in us and the Holy Spirit that, 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 uh, has, has brought us to life in this world so that we can live and reflect that kingdom on the other side. Even in this filthy world, we can live a reflected life of that kingdom over here by virtue of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not because you've learned all the rules here and you got the list on your, uh, you know, and you're in, tucked into your Bible. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit, if you're really born again, the Holy Spirit drives you to live a certain way. He molds you, He teaches you, and He shapes you and convicts you when you miss it. He wants you to live a certain way. He wants you to dress a certain way. He wants you to conduct yourself a certain way. He wants you to love a certain way. And that's a reflection of that kingdom, not that kingdom. But for the most part, we'd have to say that there are two civilizations here that Brother Ram is describing. One of them is a godly civilization. One of them is not. And the world we're living in is hardly a godly civilization, right? There are good things in our world. The earth itself is the Lord's, so it's good. But the heart of man is far from God. The thoughts of men are far from God because that's what Jesus said it would be like just like it was in the days of Noah. The thoughts of men were evil continually. And so they're not interested in the Scripture. They're not interested in promoting God's kingdom. Not interested in promoting the Bible principles that most people should live by and accomplish things in life. According, Just living by the Bible is a good thing. Conducting your marriage by the Scripture is a good thing. Even, even if you're, you're not a predestinated seed of God, to live a Christian life is better than to live the life that most people out there live. I lived out there in the world, and I'll tell you what, I, 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 
I'd take the Christian life any day. Any day I'd take the Christian life because it's a better life. But the world we know is not moving in that way. It's moving in a completely different way. It's not moving biblically. It's moving the other way. You're here today as a group of people, a representation of a group of people who literally swim against the tide every day that you live. The tide of this world is flowing one way. We move the other way. I'm here to tell you today that God has announced that we're living in the end time. That the end time has arrived. Thus saith the Lord. It's not, a, it's not a guess to us. We see it. And you can't tell us it's not happening. You can't tell us that God has not already done great things. He has already He sent a prophet. He sent a message. He's brought a bride into a specific kind of an order. He's allowed us to sit underneath the harvest sun to ripen and mature like real sons and daughters of God should to become what God's predestinated us to be. He's freed us from every denominational system so that we could have the liberty of the sons of God to be able to worship in our way and be able to worship him in spirit and in truth, not under some dictate of some organization or whatever else. God's freed us to be able to, to, to live in peace and live in harmony with him and to be able to do his will and to be able to spread the good news around the world. God's given us the freedom to be able to do that. God's allowed us to be able to grow in grace and in knowledge. And our knowledge, our knowing now, our understanding of the book has become so much greater than, uh, than what it once was. And I'm not even comparing to other ages, but you know, when we first came in, we really didn't know a lot. But now, by God's grace, he's put together more of those pieces and connected the dots more. You know, it's like those drawings where all the numbers are on the page and the dots for the kids, you know, and the more, the more of those you connect, the more obvious the picture is. Even before you're finished, you know how this is going to turn out. And by God's grace, we've connected a lot of dots over, over our years, <clears throat> not because we figured it out, but because the Holy Spirit's kept us moving along, moving along. Just keep, keep connecting, keep connecting, keep connecting. And, and this picture becomes clearer all the time. And as Brother Branham says right here, he says when we look the other way, he said there's more traps, there's more things to kill people, there's more science that displaces faith. Arithmetic and science and all the rest of it over here. And, and politics and all the other things that exist in our world to displace the Word of God. But God's brought you into that and blocked off all of that to this world. He blocked off the book of Revelation, but to you he's given a revelation of the book of Revelation because it, it is the thing that it, it illuminates our way. It gives us the vision for what lays ahead. It is truth. It is the thing that God promised to announce in the last day. It is the thing that, uh, in, in a sense, it, it moves us, it inspires us towards that civilization that we really belong in. We have the yearning to go there because it's where we belong. It's where we came from. Our roots are there. Our connection is there. Who is it for? Like Brother Ram said, it's for the people who are willing to consider, willing to look at it, those who are in love with him. Those who are willing to say, you know what, if it's true, then we need to live for it. We need to die for it. We need to be willing to give our all for it. It's worth being faithful. It's worth being obedient. It's worth being consistent with the things of God. It's worth being the best steward that we possibly can. All of those things are, are to me, those are the qualities of the people that, 
God's opening things up to. Those are the qualities that they, they manifest. I can't make anybody else see it. We can't give anybody else eyes to see. Only God is the author of Revelation. But I'll tell you what, I just say this, that if God's dealing with hearts, if God's, God's knocking on doors and dealing with hearts and letting you know, hey, don't be waiting for the grand announcement. The announcement's already sounded out. Then now's the time for action. Now's the time for us to step out and say, if it's true, then I have to make adjustments. If it's true, maybe I have to make a change in my own life. Let's stand to our feet. If it's true, then the one who brought us here is going to be the one who takes us all the way through. Because it's not with observation. It's, it's not with the natural eye that any of us are going to leave here. Here is the whole thing in the last days. He said it's, it's, it's really... It's really cut off. He said, the newspapers and the oncoming storm. He said, when you go home tonight, read Revelation chapter 8. Oncoming plague storms hit the earth, thunders and lightnings and so on. Woes going to pass over. Diseases will strike. But he says, before that took place, a ceiling went forth and the death angel and the plagues were commissioned by God. And there was a protection for the people of God there. And the seal of God is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's Brother Branham, years ago, and he's warning us of, of, of those things. Hey, they're, they're passing through the land, and, you know, like there's, there's uh, reports of this and stars lining up and fires in California. And he mentions that a couple of places here and all these different things that are happening. Well, if this is that announcement, then we're beyond the announcement we're into the fulfillment of what was to be happening. I mean, it, 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 it makes you think. It makes you think. And I mean, all of us are somewhere on this spectrum. All of us are somewhere uh, in this whole process. You've heard a lot, seen a lot, read a lot, all kinds of quotes and Bible verses and everything else there. It has to become something that stirs in our hearts. It has to become something that's real. Absolutely. Because God does not send his announcement in here. He's not sent that trumpet in here for us to misunderstand. When he gave that trumpet sound and the instructions in the book of Numbers back there, Numbers chapter 10, every one of those trumpet sounds meant something. And if that's the truth today, then these trumpet sounds, they mean something to us as well. I want, to have, I want to have just an old-fashioned kind of a stirring in my heart. I don't know about you, but I just, I just kind of feel that. It doesn't have to be complicated or just, you know, Lord, just stir in my heart and just, just renew that passion in my heart for the, for the message and for the truth and for the Scripture and busyness. Busyness drives us crazy. The responsibilities of life drive you crazy. It's nice just to step aside from that and say, Lord, just stir in my heart and make, 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 that, make that passion real in my heart for you. How many would like to have that kind of a stirring in your heart? There is none like you and no one else can touch my heart like you do. 
sing that this morning here. There is none, none like you. No one else can touch heart like you do. I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. Let's just worship him this morning, saints. Oh, there is none, none like you, Lord. No one else can touch my heart like you do. For all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. Once again now. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I can search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. I want you just for a moment now, just... Let's just sing and worship him together just in the quietness of the moment here. Let's just sing it together. Jesus is the sweetest thing I know. And he's just the same.
passion, Lord, in my heart today. Oh, bring me back, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be glorified today in my home, Lord. church. Let's sing this as a church now. Lord among us, in this church, Lord, just stir in our hearts, I pray. Lord, may we just reach out to you today. Lord, stir, make us passionate, Lord, for the things of God. Let's just take a moment to pray now. Every head bowed. Let's just look to him together. Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence today, Lord, there's a desire in every one of our hearts, I believe, Lord. Number one, to be thankful for what you have announced, Lord, what you have declared in our generation. Father, you've sent a great message. You've sent a great voice, Lord, in our day. And I'm thankful that we have had ears to hear. And that's not something, Lord, that we chose or we elected. But, Father, you predestinated your people to be able to have something within that catches that voice of God that sounds in this last day. And we just want to say this morning, we're thankful. We love you, Lord. And we we are just so blessed, Lord, to be underneath the hearing of the word in this last day. But, Lord, I I pray that in every one of our hearts, Lord, we would just have that continual passion for you, Lord. And and even though the busyness of this life and the stresses and the pressures of this life, they exist for every one of us. In one way or another, they exist. 
But Lord, may that passion, Lord, be something that is just a constant thing. Just an awareness, Lord, this intimacy that we have with you. And Lord, may our minds be stayed upon you because, Lord, we don't want to miss something that you might announce. We don't want to miss something that you might say. We don't want to, we don't want to misunderstand something, Lord, that comes across from you. But Lord, we want to be in a place where the Holy Spirit's always close and we've not grieved him away by our conduct or our actions. We just want to, we always want to be sensitive to that, Lord. And I, I pray that you would stir in every heart that we might be that. Lord, in our, in our young people, and Father, the, the, the ones that are gathered here and growing up and exposed to this, Lord, all their life. But God, I know that there's a difference, Lord, when the book becomes real. And Lord, there's something that just ignites. There's something that grows and, and, and changes our lives from the inside out. We don't want to just be uh, mimickers of Christianity. We don't want to be impersonators of that. But Lord, we want to have the real genuine thing in our hearts. And we want to live it out. We want to express it. We want to be bold in our faith. And we want to, we, we want to, we want to wear the, the, the characteristics of Christ in our time. Lord, you've called us for that. You've chosen us for that. And, and so our desire, Lord, is to just to reflect the character and the beauty of Christ in the days we live in. Grant that, Lord, I pray to every heart. May it be just a real old-fashioned stirring in every soul, every heart, Lord, that, Father, we may not lose track of the, the, the enormity of the time that we live in. Biblically speaking, it's an enormous time. It's a very critical time. A very powerful and important thing has been done. And, Lord, I just pray that we may never lose sight of that. But, Lord, your grace would just, would just be poured out from on high. And, Lord, we might be affected by the things that have taken place in our day. Forgive us, Lord, of anything, any attitude, anything, Lord, that might cause an indifference. And, Lord, may you just forgive us of those things. But, Lord, just continue, I pray, just to stir within us. We live in changing times. We live in difficult times. And as your prophet warned us at various junctures, we're turning corners all the time. And there's lots of different changes that are taking place. But we are not without a guide. We are not without a leader. And we're thankful for that. So, Lord, move among us, I pray. And we will declare that you are good, that your word is good, your word is right. We're stirred by... Lord, the, the missionaries in different parts of the world and going into, into areas, Lord, to find new believers. and It just does something in our hearts, Lord, to see, that, to see that passion still there to reach those souls for the kingdom. And Lord, for us who are able to help and able to minister and able to encourage people, Lord, I just pray you'd use us as instruments of your righteousness in our day that we live in. Father, we just want to say this morning we love you and we thank you. And are blessed, Lord, to be in your presence today. Deal with every heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Jesus, your name is power. Jesus, your name. Pull that up there, if you will. <clears throat> Let's sing it together this morning. Are you glad you came to the house of the Lord? Amen. Je- Jesus, your name is power and Jesus your name is mine Jesus your name will break every stronghold Jesus 
Jesus, your name is life. Jesus, your name is healing. And Jesus, your name gives sight. Jesus, your name will free every captive. Jesus, your name is life. Jesus, your name is holy. Jesus, your name brings life. And Jesus, your name above every other. Jesus, your name once again now. Oh, Jesus, your name is power. And Jesus, your name is mine. Last verse again. Jesus, your name is holy. Jesus, your name brings life. Oh, Jesus, your name above every other. Jesus, your name is life. Praise the Lord. My Redeemer is faithful and true. Same key. Leave it in that same key there. My Redeemer is faithful and true. How many believe that? My Redeemer is faithful and true. Everything He has said, He will do. His mercies are new, my redeemed, true, my redeemer. Mercies are new, my redeemed. I bless your name. I bless your name. My Bless. 
sound in this last day. We don't have to file through all those different books and different ideas of people who are coming up with different ideas and explanations about how it's all going to be. God's clearly told us we are blessed. We are a very blessed people. 
I appreciate you very much. I appreciate your dedication to the Word of God and your love for it. I, I would love to, uh, you know, we, I was thinking coming down to church, you know, you, you just miss more of the gatherings. You miss more of the uh, celebrations. You miss more of the camaraderie and the fellowship that we normally would have. I, I wish, you know, you, you think, well, it would be nice if it wasn't the way it is. But it is what it is. And so we make the most of it. We do what we can. Well, I'll tell you what, saying to God, even if, even if this is taken from us, even if this opportunity to gather is taken from us, if you have him and a passion for him and he walks with us, it's going to be all right. We'll eventually meet. All of this tells us that we'll eventually meet in a place where we'll never have to part, we'll never have to wear a mask, and we'll never have to isolate ever again. It'll all, it'll all be real, and it'll be all forever. It'll be all with our loved ones who are gone already over on the other side. It'll be forever. To me, that keeps me going. Keeps me going. The Antichrist, I mean, we've figured this out. The Antichrist doesn't need long to change the world. In a very short period of time, our world can be very different. We don't need to have dozens and dozens and hundreds of years in order for the world to change. It can change in a matter of a few days. So don't wait for some grand announcement. God's already spoken. For for those of us who have heard... I'll tell you what, it's an exciting time because it's, it's just letting us know, hey, we're, we're, we're that much closer. Sing this as you go this morning. May God bless you. We'll see you online on Wednesday night. And uh, we just trust that the Lord will minister to each and every one of you. Keep you safe through this week. And remember those who are not here. There are some who are not well. And we sh- sure want to remember them in prayer. And uh, some are being tested. And so may the Lord richly bless you today as you go. We choose the fear of the Lord. Yes, we choose the fear of the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is to hate all evil. We choose the fear of the Lord. Choose the word.
Let the world 